0: Hi, and welcome to the sales enablement pro podcast. I am Shana Mauang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Brenda and Heidi, thanks so much for joining us today. Could you each take a moment and introduce yourself and your role?
1: Sure, Um, so I'm Brenda Herlihy and uh, I am in the Sales Operations and Partner Program Operations for NVIDIA and my role is to manage our systems, our sales enablement systems, make sure um, the users get what they're looking for, and providing administrative support and management.
0: Excellent, and Heidi, could you introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm Heidi Castagna
2: and I'm the Senior Director of Global Sales Enablement at NVIDIA. What that includes is um, a heavy focus on training for our internal sellers and our partner community, as well as technical training for whether it's field engineering or solutions architects at both NVIDIA and our partner community around the globe. In addition to training, we're responsible for any tools, resources, or assets that help our field teams uh, accomplish
0: what they need to while they're out working with customers and other partners. Generally speaking, um, since both of you are are rather experienced in this space, I would love to understand what uh, sales enablement's kind of core responsibilities are at at NVIDIA. Um,
2: So our core responsibilities um, at NVIDIA include really preparing our field for um, the variety of different interactions they may have um, out with customers and partners. And from a a very kind of specific charter, it includes the um, identification, design, and delivery of training content for um, technical training, sales training, and product training with the uh, intended audiences being NVIDIA's sales and field technical teams, as well as our partners' field uh, sales and technical teams. Um, In addition to that, it's working closely with the subject matter experts within the walls of NVIDIA. Again, whether they be um, from our product BU, from our, um, one of our sellers' organizations, or from our technical teams, and mining from them the most important information that will help drive that education uh, around the globe. And of course, from an enablement perspective, that is coaching those subject matter experts to glean the most relevant uh, content and information, but then transforming it for field readiness, um, and then serving it up in a way that is when and where they need it most.
0: I love that response, and and Heidi, as the director, uh, senior director of global sales enablement, you know, what are some of those best practices working cross collaboratively on a global scale? You know, with the other functions that sales enablement obviously has as stakeholders, like marketing.
2: Yeah, well, um, I would take that as um, two subtopics. One, uh, the regional alignment. Uh, regional alignment is really, really important, and what I've seen work best, and we are, we are in the midst of deploying today, is to have a dotted line reporting relationship with um, an individual or person in charge within each major geo. And with that, um, by driving close alignment, um, having mutual stake in the game, and even identifying specific shared metrics so that um, your activities are in line with that shared success, um, some sort of a, a dotted line relationship. We've currently got that in place in one of our geos and are working towards um, growing that globally. Um, and that, that just again uh, ensures that there's uh, lots of cross communication, regular um, interaction with, with the other teams, um, and again those shared metrics. Departmentally, it's, it's really quite fascinating. Um, there is so much mutual benefit to a well-oiled enablement organization when it comes to the product you use, the marketing teams, and the uh, sales leadership. So getting um, excellent resources out in the field, getting those over the, the finish line is uh, incredibly important, but also it's, it's not like pulling teeth because it is obvious where the shared benefits are. Uh, but one of the things we do is um, in working closely with cross-functional departments is, you know, sit down on a regular basis and review the successes or challenges that we've had. We do, we do internal QBRs that, um, again, rely upon shared metrics for us to look at them together and understand if we need to divert plan in some way or, or, uh, change course, um, and then come back and, and see what the impact of those changes have been. Um, And again, having sort of shared accountability for the success of enablement out in the field um, drives a lot of engagement and uh, a lot of collaboration cross-functionally.
0: Excellent. And I'm curious to know, you know, how does, where and how does sales enablement report up through at NVIDIA?
2: Yeah, at NVIDIA, we report ultimately into what is um, described as the worldwide field organization. Um, And that's the senior leader who reports to our CEO, um, runs that organization. And within uh, the worldwide field organization, we report up through sales operations. That keeps us shoulder to shoulder and kind of, you know, locking arms with uh, the sales organization who is uh, internally our our ultimate internal audience or customer. Um, Equally, our field technical team also reports up through that uh, similar organization, not within sales operations, but again, shoulder to shoulder in a peer organization. Um, We we don't report directly with or or next to uh, marketing, but yet the shared benefit of the enablement, as I described earlier, is what keeps us really closely aligned with that team.
0: Absolutely. And, and earlier, just circling back on something that you said, you, when we asked about sales enablement's core responsibilities, you mentioned your charter at NVIDIA. I would love to understand um, how you went about building the sales enablement charter and how you got executive buy-in on it. Mm, good question. Um, Let's see. I'm going to pause for a second because
2: um, I inherited from a really awesome leader um, a good amount of the framework that we have today, and then I built upon it. Um, the The primary audience at NVIDIA up until about two or three years ago um, was our partner organization. We we rely so heavily on a strong channel partnership or channel. Um, a vibrant channel around the world, that um, our number one priority was to ensure that the sellers and technical teams within our partner community were really well served. And we also understood that they didn't live within the walls of NVIDIA, and they did have other vendors that they're supporting. So it was even more important to have um, vibrant and relevant uh, enablement training and resources for them. About uh, three years ago, when I joined the organization, um, we expanded the focus to really include our internal teams, our internal sellers and solutions architects. Um, Three years ago, about one in four of those team members would have completed training or leveraged um, resources from the enablement team on a regular basis. Today it's more like 90% and we can measure that and we we know that our NVIDIA team is leveraging uh, enablement at a much heavier rate than ever before. And we also know that that's increasingly important because our team has grown quite a bit. So rather than relying on 10 or 15 years of tribal knowledge, these are a much, it's a much newer organization in a fast moving industry with rapidly evolving technologies. And so um, our ability to design and deliver Um, To not just our partners, but to our internal teams, excellent field enablement is more important now than ever. So the charter really evolved by, um, again, starting with the the need to ensure our partners were well supported, but then um, taking taking stock of our evolution of our internal teams and ensuring that their needs are being well met as well.
0: Excellent. And obviously with a a very technical company like NVIDIA, I imagine keeping reps up to speed on your complex product uh, features is essential. And you also mentioned scaling rapidly. Uh, So I I would love to understand the ways in which you are going about training and developing your reps today. Yeah, a a couple
2: of different things. Um, One, we have um, essentially an annual refresh of all training Uh, curriculums that we offer to the field. And so um, that typically runs around um, major product refresh timings. So it works out beautifully that just as a a major topic or technology or product is about to hit the the market, that's the same timing with which we prepare or refresh or create brand new um, training and resources for our field. So that's, there's an annual cadence um, as well as regular updates um, so that, that um, all of the training content uh, remains fresh and relevant. Um, in addition to that, we have a very, I'd say a more casual series of twice monthly meetings that the entire field attends um, that are being run by our product business units and that ensures that we don't go more than two weeks without getting any kind of um, real-time interactive updates uh, around key enterprise product areas. So that's the less formal but um, a very timely way of keeping the team trained. And then on a more sustainable basis around a more um, planned approach, we have annual refreshes. And then Thirdly, we talked about um, ramping new salespeople Uh, about three years ago now. We began something that we call the GPU Genius Academy. It's um, an onboarding program, um, probably not unlike many that are out there today. Um, However, it's just got a lot of energy and passion behind it. We have our CEO uh, typically spending an hour or more with a group of anywhere from 40 to 80 people in a very um, informal environment. To share top-of-mind vision, ideas, and um, areas of success in becoming an NVIDIA field rep. Um, We also get great support from all leadership of our product business units. Um, It's just a a very well-supported training that has enabled us to ramp new
1: hires um, much more successfully than I think we would otherwise. And then Heidi, to add to that, um, the, the GPU Genius Academy is held quarterly. So for all the new employees that start in between, then we have Jump Start, which is an online version of the Academy where all the um, new employees can get up to speed on NVIDIA's products, you know, what we're about, how to sell them. Um, and then we also at the same time use uh our internal sales enablement system and we have uh, all the updated content there and one of the key spots we have in there is an essential spot and that spot is is guaranteed to be the latest greatest updated content and um, the content's refreshed it's no older than 90 days old so they can always go there and get the latest information.
0: Excellent I'd love to hear from both of you, I'm going to ask this question twice. I want to focus it the first time specifically to onboarding and training. I would love to understand the key metrics that you use to understand if your onboarding and training programs are successful. And then after that, I want to ask more broadly across sales enablement, generally how you prove the business impact of sales enablement back into your organization. But if we could start with the onboarding and training component, I would love to understand what those key metrics are.
2: Oh, boy, that's such a great question, and I think it's that elusive, um, you know, set of metrics that, that we all are looking for. Um, we, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, rely upon a regular set of metrics on a quarterly basis in order for us to evaluate whether we stay the course or alter in any way shape or form. We have those reviews and those conversations with our key stakeholders and our um, partners in collaboration and um, we do it with um, key priorities and strategies in mind as we look through those metrics. So that's sort of the frame that we approach um, metrics. We take them very very seriously. The data that we have available to us to make those evaluations Oftentimes, are things like in our training. Um, firstly, you know how what percentage of our target audience has completed the training. So that's just activity-based metrics, but then we also um, do a pretty exhaustive set of feedback analytics at the end of each course and at the end of each curriculum, and um, we do see very clear trends on certain topics. Um, I I can see that with all best intention, our audience is still looking for more information or different information in order to truly understand it. And so, and that comes through the feedback metrics that we get. Um, Whether you call it satisfaction metrics, we we look at a variety of different things as we're we're going through those measurements. But the good news is that feedback, um, and again, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people who have taken these courses. So the the sample um, starts to drive some consistent themes. Um, That feedback is taken very seriously, and we'll go back and recreate or refresh or revamp um, a training course um, based on the feedback that we get. In addition to the the metrics, we also look at qualitative um, feedback and ensure that we're taking that into consideration as well. Uh, but primarily it's it's activity based um, what's the percentage of completion um, and then what the feedback is. Ideally, we would be tying all of this uh, feedback to salesforce.com data uh, we've made an attempt at that and have not yet cracked that
0: nut, and would love to learn of any other organizations that have,
2: because um, that's really the holy grail.
0: I'd like to take a moment and um, talk just briefly about partner enablement, because um, I realize that is a, a component of what you guys do, and that's that's obviously um, you know what sales enablement's initial responsibilities were around. How do you guys see partner enablement differing from direct sales enablement?
2: Ooh, I view it different, uh, being really quite different. Um, right up front, the fact is that um, the further that you get away from the the core organization, in this example, of course, NVIDIA, the further that we get um, down the channel or downstream, there's a dilution factor. You know, there there are just so many competing. Priorities and vendors that um, an individual working in the partner community has to balance. um, That for us at NVIDIA, we recognize that we have to really market to those individuals, make it as simple as possible for them to be successful in the very dynamic environment that they work as being part of the channel. Um, So that's where I see a lot of what differs. Uh, It's easy to say that. you know, 100% of a specific population, for example, the uh, NVIDIA sales team, we, we can create an edict that says all of you must, uh, you know, complete the following enablement activities. That means you have to complete your training and you have to leverage the following resources, it doesn't work that way when you get out to the channel, and so it makes it, it makes um, us as an enablement organization have to really up our game we, with less time and less uh, requirement associated to enablement. Um, we really have to be good at what we do so that this audience that's you know further distanced from Nvidia gets what they need and they can deploy it and use it as we had intended. And then all along, that adds up to additional revenue for their organization. Um, and that's really got to remain the bottom line that's in, in view, is that it's all about driving business for your channel partners um, and doing it as effectively and efficiently as possible.
1: Yeah. And it has to be compelling to them because, they, as Heidi said, they've only got a short amount of time and their attention span is not, <laughs> not that great. So we need to catch them and and sort of wheel them in and, and get them interested in it at first. And then because um, our products are so technical or can be technical, it, we have to do, have to cut the training down to something small, but it still makes sense and they still learn from it.
0: Excellent. And, and Brenda, for you, since you oversee a lot of the partners and the systems, do you find that your partner ecosystem is able to use the same systems as your direct sales team, or do they require a separate set of solutions?
1: Today, they're actually using the same uh, solution as our internal folks, um, which makes it easier for us because then we can just share it internally and with our partners. So, um, yeah, it, it works out well for us. Excellent,
0: excellent. And what are some of the things that you are looking at to ensure that your partner enablement efforts are, are going well? How do you measure success there?
1: Um, I think for me, it's making sure that, um, that when the partners are ready to take the training and, and all the great enablement tools and, um, that Heidi's team have provided, that they can and so success would be that they can access it you know anywhere globally and be able to complete the training um, in the required amount of time and have no issues and have a great user experience Um, because there's no point in having all this great information that Heidi's team is providing and not being able to share it with both internally and with our partners so that's really key to getting the content out there.
0: Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.